What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are finally reviewing our first new movie of 2024, and we are going to be talking about, we're launching off, we're going up to the International Space Station, as we will be reviewing ISS. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Firstly, he is the man that, after seeing ISS, decided that he wants to go into astronaut training. We didn't tell him that uh, it's going to be a little hard because it's really closed fucking spaces, but I'm ready for him to shit all over the space station. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. I, I got to get up there. I just got to get up there. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I, I would love to see you use the, uh, the, the toilet for the astronauts. <laughs> I'm too small to use a regular toilet, let alone that toilet. Oh, yeah. oh man. You got to get your leg. You got to put the bars over your legs. <laughs> oh, that suction feels so good, though. Dude, I don't know how anybody hasn't. I'm sure somebody up there has used that suction for something oh. other than just, uh, you know, urine if you weep. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of the person's voice, that is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all podcasting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. This is Diesel. Oh, I want to be an astronaut. Well, <laughs> yeah, you were probably astronauted when you went to the, see the movie, but that's a whole other story for another day, and it is legal here in the state of New York. But with that being said, uh, before we dive into the business and talk about the 3FN Movie Club review, of course, that is ISS, as I've already mentioned, let's uh, get some uh, pleasantries out of the way. Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week's been all right. Can't really complain. A lot more mellow than the last, you know, the beginning of the week or last week. Uh, you know, didn't really do too much, just chilled out and ended up working basically an extra weeks of work in two weeks. Oh, <laughs> so that paycheck's going to be nice. Yeah. Until the car, until the truck started blinking a bunch of lights. Oh, no. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. It knew uh, you worked overtime. Yeah, I know. I might be hanging myself next week. I'm just saying <laughs> <you know. laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Bad joke. Bad joke. Bad joke. I get it. Other than that, you know, just, you know, did the D&D group on Wednesday. You know, we've, you know, working through the Trinity of Dragons. You know, my barbarian cat, you know, Tibexian barbarian with a sentient uh, great sword. <laughs> yeah, it just goes around just killing things now. Like nice. Straight, the straight up doesn't care anymore. Nice. <laughs> doesn't even, I get it as a barbarian and most of the time it's rhyme or reason. It's just hit things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now it's, now it's literally hit things to kill things. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, Diesel, how's been the week? It's been a week. Uh, we we finally had second Christmas, so full of holiday cheer and absolutely miserable. But we got through it, drama free. And I was going to say you don't look like you're full of holiday cheer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, when I was doing my last minute Christmas shopping, I was just miserable, <laughs> absolutely miserable, running to all the different stores I had to go to. But got it done over with. I spent all of what Saturday night cooking Chex Mix, and then Sunday morning getting up early to do my spinach artichoke dip to take over to the party 
Eh, it's been a busy week. <laughs> yeah, my week has been, uh, you know, work. Of course, I went to New York City at the beginning of the week. That was fun. Then I had work, and then I just kind of hung out and watched football this weekend. So I kind of had it nice, nice. and low-key for once. Very, very nice, you know, especially after coming off the birthday weekend. So... Yeah, it was kind of nice. And I mean, not that I partied like an animal. By the way, I had two drinks my entire birthday. Week, <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's how we party here now the, <laughs> at the ripe old age of 41. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it was just, it was, it's been a good time. And I have had a, a great week for the most part. Real relaxing, honestly. But uh, I hope everybody else there out there listening right now has had a good week. And I hope you have a great upcoming week as well. But before we can get, jive into the fun of the show, Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff, and of course, the 3FN Movie Club review, we got to take care of a little bit of business. And that, of course, is the opening. Shameless plugs. And of course... If you would like to find out anything about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Just go to 3FNPodcast.com. That's right. It's your one-stop shop for everything 3FN Podcast. There you'll find the social media links. You'll find the Public link. You'll find the Patreon link. Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content while helping support the show. On top of that, you can go over to friends of the show like the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. Check out their website. Check out their show. They're awesome people. Also, so go and check out Nerd Initiative at nerdinitiative.com, the home of pop culture positivity. Remember, go to the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel and make sure you smash that subscribe button and hit that bell notification for when we go live. And of course, uh, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join Ken M as he hosts Turn a Page. It's a comic book uh, show on there, and it's really fun. They got a lot of cool interviews coming up. Plus, they also break down comic books on the weeks that they don't have interviews. And then, of course, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for you pro wrestling fans, it's Wrestling Night Live. I host that with Ken M as my co-host. And of course, this week, because it's the Royal Rumble, we also have the pre-show for the Royal Rumble coming on at Friday at 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, after the Rumble concludes, 15 minutes to be exact, we will be live giving our live reactions for WWE's Royal Rumble this Saturday. So check that out. Make sure to go to nerdinitiative.com to get all the information and the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Also, while you're there, check out our musical directory where the bands who provide us with music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs are. And of course, big shout outs to Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FM podcast you hear at the beginning of the show every week. Uh, Go check them out and all the other great bands and support them on Spotify. YouTube music and Bandcamp. And last but not least, there's the sponsorship page that has all the sponsors that uh, allow us to come to you commercial free. Quick shout outs, our local sponsor, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. On top of that, we got W Energy, and then we also got Sci-Fi Horror Fest, but most importantly, our good friends at Dragon Master Games for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web. DragonMasterGames.com And of course, if you forget anything I just said, just go to 3FNPodcast.com. It's got your hookup like Big Papa Pump. Man, that joke never gets old. <laughs> uh, only for us wrestling fans, because I, I, by the way, I just had the glory of re-watching some old Scott Steiner promos. <laughs> nice. Oh, boy. Uh, not safe for work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not safe for the 2024 year. Oh, no. But they're still amazingly funny. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Now that the business is out of the way, let's start to have some fun. Let's open the show like we love to do. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Got a pretty quiet box office this week. 
Coming in at number five, Migration with $5.3 million. That's not bad. Yep. It's, been on. On, it's been on the list for five weeks now. We haven't done the list because we haven't done the Diesel's Movie Triple stuff, but it's pulled in uh, over the five weeks, $95 million domestically. So Not bad at no. all. Uh, coming in at number four, also on the list for five weeks, $5.4 million for anyone but you. Yeah, well, anybody but you as well. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Coming in at number three, staying on this list for six weeks, Waka with another $6.4 million. No Good. surprises there. Uh, coming in at number two this week, The Beekeeper with another $8.5 million. A couple weeks on, still on there, okay. And then Mean Girls stays at the number one spot with $12 million for its second week. And that's despite the fact that there was a lot of people mad that they did not advertise that as a musical originally. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, I don't know if you saw that, uh, that, that those uh, viral videos of, of the girls being pissed off no. about that. Young, young ladies were, were expecting like a remake of the original, I'm assuming. And when they got a musical, they were not for it. <laughs> I mean, I like musicals, don't get me yeah. wrong, but whew, if, I, if you go into a surprise musical, you're like, eh. You know, I wasn't prepared for this. Not prepared for this. Well, now that we know what's doing well in the box office, mind you, you did not say ISS. We'll talk about how much money that made or didn't make when we talk about it for the 3FN movie review. But, Diesel, what's coming to the box office these upcoming weeks? All right. We got a pretty quiet week this week. Uh, We have the movie Fighter coming out. Teacher's Pet, the animated movie. Miller's Girl, starring Martin Freeman. American Star, and Sometimes I Think About Dying, starring Daisy Ridley. Well, next, uh, this upcoming week, we will not be doing a new film. We will be uh, instead uh, reviewing for its 20th anniversary, and man, this makes me feel old, (laughs) 2004's The Butterfly Effect. So I cannot wait to do that with you gentlemen. Uh, So that's going to be next week's 3FN Movie Club review. Uh, Also, I just want to point out that uh, Godzilla uh, Minus One Minus Color will be released to the theaters this upcoming week as well. Uh, that I don't know if it's going to get a wide release in the States, but I do know it's coming out in the States this upcoming, not this week that we're in the, the, the current, the, the following yeah. week, as you, you know what I mean. Uh, but Diesel, what comes out the week after All to right. the box office? Coming out on February 2nd, we have Disco Boy, The Promised Land, How to Have Sex, and Argyle. Well, I mean, as much as we wanted the instructional video for Diesel on how to make have sex, uh, how to making fuck, uh, how to make fuck, uh, want to make fuck with me, berserker. That's what they should have entitled the movie. Want to make fuck, uh, and then we could have all just been like, did he just say want to make fuck? Uh, but no, uh, we will be reviewing Argyle for the 3FM Movie Club review that week. Bryce Dallas Howard's in that. They got to have a hell of a cast yeah, in that yeah. movie. Huge cast. Is, isn't Juan Cena in it? Like as a secondary role character, or some. Some fucking junction. He's in fucking everything yeah, these yeah. days. I don't know. Uh, when I see Juan Cena jump out, by the way, it's John Cena for you guys. I'm sure you guys do that. But uh, when I see him jump out of places, I'm just like, you can't see me. <laughs> I, and it was always in The Rock's voice. Remember when The Rock was harassing him? Yeah. They're like, you can't see me. I can see you, but you can't see me. <laughs> like, I don't know why that always comes to mind. That and the Fruity Pebbles. He dressed like a Fruity Pebbles bitch. And I love John Cena. Yeah. I just think that's always a fun line from The Rock. So now that we've gone there, we've these movie triple stuff making us come back for the first time in 2024. Diesel, that means that our signature move has also made us come back. So let the fine folks know what this week's top three is for the 3FN uh, podcast. All right. This week's your top three favorite astronaut films. So astronaut slash space travel, but we're keeping it kind of in the realm of reality. So it still can be sci-fi, but it can't be like Star Wars is off this yeah. list. Star Trek yeah. is off this list. Uh, Alien, stuff like that is yeah. off this list because we're trying to keep it. it uh, obviously, these movies aren't all in, in reality, but 
there, there's a kernel. There's a kernel of something in there, right? Yeah. You know, we're not going with aliens and stuff. So, with that being said, my number three, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Nice. Nice. Uh, once again, yes, it's sci-fi, and there's some crazy fucking moments in that film, but... You know, hey, space stations, we just went to see a movie about the International Space Station. <laughs> Does it look like the one in that movie? No, but maybe someday, right? We were promised that in 2001, but so far, no good. <laughs> uh, next up in my number two spot, Interstellar. Nice. I've, I've always liked that. I've liked that movie since it came out. Yep. I, I'm a big fan. And last but not least is a movie we reviewed last year, and we all realized how much we still love the fucking movie because <laughs> I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> I don't want to fall asleep because I, I miss you, Diesel, <laughs> and I don't want to miss a thing. Armageddon. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Deep Impact. No, 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 no. I'm going with the better of the twin films. I'm sorry for anybody who likes Deep Impact. If you want to go back to last year, we reviewed Deep Impact, and then a couple months later, we reviewed Armageddon. And uh, I can tell you Armageddon won that war. I think it was a a unanimous certified nerd, if I don't remember correctly. So, yeah, uh, Armageddon still holds up, folks. And uh, that is my number one space movie that is not named Star Wars, Star Trek, or Alien, or in that ilk. So, Ron, you're up now. All right, well, my three and two are pretty much the same things you just said just in reverse okay. so i have interstellar is three i have 2001 space odyssey is two nice great movies and, and then i'm going with apollo 13 for number one nice ah it's I, a very I, good I, one I, I, lo- I love that movie yeah. and it's we haven't talked really talked about it yet but it's i, I get armageddon i do that, that's, <laughs> i'm just gonna point out when it comes up for uh, anniversary yeah. we'll probably be doing apollo 13 yeah. it's a great movie i do like that movie a lot Diesel, that leaves you left. What is your top three? All right, I got a quick honorable mention for Space Cowboys. Ah, is that the whoa? That's that's, that's the, the old that are the retired. Yeah, retired, yeah, 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 yeah. For whatever reason, it's not a great movie, but I always yeah. enjoyed watching that one. But number three for me, The Martian, starring um, Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a very good. I movie. really very enjoyed movie. that movie. Number two, Sunshine. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the that Danny movie Boyle cool. movie. Oh, no, see, oh, you've really never seen Sunshine? I, I, uh, I, never, I never actually watched uh, The Martian either. That's why I didn't no, put it on the list. Was it Cillian Murphy's in the movie yep. as well? Okay. Really good movie. Very, good. very yeah. good movie. You should, If you ever get a chance, check it out. Yeah. Sunshine's really good. And then my number one, and again, we're trying to stay away from aliens. And this one, spoiler alert, towards the end, we get a little bit of that. But Mission to Mars. Gary yeah, that's Sinise, true. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Movie. That's true. Yeah. This is one of my favorite like space movies. Hey, Mission to Mars. We can't crucify it. There's there's technically some aliens in 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, technically but, as well. But. I mean, we got monoliths on the fucking moon in 2001 in Space Odyssey. So it's it's one of those things where you're like, hey, you know. Also, it's it's one of the first movies where that's the movie where the U.S. government realized they could hire. Stanley Kubrick to do the moon landing. If, you, if I don't believe that, I, I believe that because I'm not getting punched by Buzz Aldrin. Uh, but uh, that that is what uh, the conspiracy theorists say. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the, but those are like the rational conspiracy theory guys. I prefer the the radical conspiracy theory guys with the superstructures in space, the moonfall, if you will. Oh man, Moonfall had such a great premise. Am I am I wrong in saying that Moonfall had such a great pre- premise? It had several great premises, and it failed on all of them. By the way, <laughs> if you really want to know, folks, 1968 is when 2001: A Space Odyssey came out. Oh, Can you believe the way that movie? When you say Stanley Kubrick is possibly the greatest director of all time, possibly he's definitely on that list. Yeah. He's, he's, he's on he's, the Mount Rushmore. Yes, he has to be right. Yeah, because if you're making a movie like 2001: A Space Odyssey, and for those of you who might not have seen it, if you're younger viewers, check it out sometime. It still looks amazing. Yeah, it does. And it's from 1968, 
And yes, it is. A, if you dive deeper, it is one of the rumors is that that's why the U.S. government uh, paid him to yeah. fake the moon landing. If you don't believe we were on the moon, I, I personally don't subscribe to that conspiracy theory, but I do know about it. Well, great top three from all of you gentlemen, and of course, a great Diesel's movie triple stuff. But now that we're past that, it is now time to hit the uh, main event, if you will, and let's enter right on into. Welcome to Three Subfans Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, good certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it is now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course, this week we are finally doing a new movie in 2024. That's right, we are doing the reviewing. I say doing, oh, well, maybe Diesel's also doing, but we are reviewing <laughs> ISS. Of course, uh, if uh, this is your first time joining us when we had a new film, like if you just joined us in 2024, this is the first time you've ever heard us review a new film, uh, thank you for giving us a shot, of course, if it's your first time. But uh, if, even if it's not your first time and you want a reminder of what we do, because we do it a little differently when we have a new film, because we don't want to do spoilers, we do a spoiler-free section and a spoiler-full section, so I'm going to give you the rundown. Uh, first up, we're going to do all spoiler-free. Diesel's going to give you his spoiler-free synopsis of the film. I'm going to follow that up by giving you the stats of the film, which is including who made it, who starred in it, and then we're going to give you a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, spoiler-free recommendation. After that is done, we will take a break. After the break, we will give you one final warning before we jump into the full spoiler review. And then after that, we will play the game to find out the scores from around the internet and finally give our scores for the film. So you don't have to worry about anything being spoiled. We separate it out and we give you warning. So with that being said, gentlemen, are you ready to talk about ISS? Yeah. All right, Diesel, I believe... Man, I got a story to tell. Tensions rise aboard the International Space Station as Russia and America go into a nuclear war and both deliver the message to take over the space station at any cost. Very good. Very good synopsis. I think he nailed it right on the head. Nailed it right on the head. Well, uh, if you would like to know, uh, ISS was released on January 19th of 2024 with a runtime of 95 minutes, if that's uh, 100, uh, hour and 35 minutes. So very good. Very good on them. Uh, the budget was estimated at $20 million. And you notice you did not hear it in the t this week's top five because, <laughs> unfortunately, it did not hit the top five. It made uh, the domestic and worldwide, because it only opened in the U.S. and Canada, so one and the same, is $3 million. Yeah. yeah. It was actually $3 million and some change, but not enough for me to call it $3.1 million. So <laughs> that should tell you uh, that is, uh, as of right now, it is a big bucket of... But as you know, that doesn't mean that's how we're going to score, so we'll find out soon enough. Uh, so now that we know the stats of the film, let's find out, in fact... Who made this shit? And of course, uh, the director of this film, and I am going to butcher this name, I apologize, is Gabriella... Co-Perthwatt. Uh, Gabriella Co-Perthwatt started her career basically in documentaries. Yep. Uh, first movie, which was a documentary, uh, City Lacks, 2010. That was about lacrosse. And then she did a huge documentary that won awards, Blackfish. 
Oh, nice. If you remember that. Uh, she has a, she has a couple of TV deal, uh, directing the, the credits and stuff, but the only other movie I really found was Our Friend from 2019. Okay. Uh, she, she is doing some more documentaries coming up and some Netflix stuff as well. Uh, next up, screenplay. And that was done by Nick Schaefer. And this was Nick Schaefer's only movie to write. Okay. So he's the only writer, only movie he's done. <laughs> Uh, next up for the director of photography is Nick Remy Matthews, and uh, Nick Remy Matthews did Modern Love back in 2006, uh, Broken Hill, and Hotel Mumbai. He's done a lot of stuff on TV and stuff as well. But uh, yeah, that's your director of photography. And last but not least, for the makers of the film, as we give a shout out to the composer, that would be Anne Nicotin. Uh, Anne Nicotin's first movie, The Devil's Courthouse, in 2004, and she also did The Imposter. As far as movies. She has done a ton of History Channel and Discovery Channel soundtracks, though, to like oh, uh, nice. live documentaries and uh, docu-series yep. and stuff. So she does have a large body of work, but mostly in that realm. Well, now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? And uh, this is kind of a who's who of character actors. And uh, usually we only give a shout-out, but we're going to give a shout-out because there's only six cast <laughs> members. There's literally only six people in this movie. Uh, so starting off would be... Ariana DeBose uh, playing Dr. Kira Foster. Uh, first movie she was in was actually a was actually a musical, which is going to come into play. Uh, movie was Be Company in 2011. She was also in Hamilton. Yep. Uh, oh, so nice. she's been in a lot of musical. Also, West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg yep. uh, movie that came out what two years ago now, I do believe. Yep. Uh, and then uh, she most recently she was in Wish. Oh, nice. You know the Disney film. Yep. yep. And uh, coming up, by the way, she's got a big 2024. Not only is she in. ISS also is in Argyle and is in Craven the Hunter. She plays Calypso. Oh, nice! Okay, in Craven the Hunter. So she's got a, she's got some stuff going. On. I did actually kind of I dug Ariana DeBose in this movie. So giving her a shout out. Can't wait to see her in those movies. Next up was uh, Chris Messina playing Gordon Barrett. Uh, he was the captain of the American side. Uh, he was uh, started his career Rounders in 1998. Ooh. He was also in You've Got Mail, Maid of Honor, Devil, Argo. Birds of Prey, and most recently he was in Air and The Boogeyman and Based on a True Story. That was the uh, Kelly Coco film, or sorry, mi uh, mini series, if you will, on Netflix. Oh, nice. Next up would be, uh, and this person, I didn't, uh, I knew he looked familiar, and then after I did the IMDb, I know why. And I actually, we, I think me and you uh, like him for some of his past work. That would be uh, John Gallagher Jr., who played Christian. So this is going to round out the American side because there's three Americans, three Russians. And uh, he was uh, he played Christian as I mentioned. First movie, Pieces of April in 2003. Sorry, I almost said 2013. 2003. He was in Jonah Hex, but that's not where we love him from. He was in Ten Cloverfield Lane as Emmett. So oh, the nice. Yep. Lead there. That's right. And then he was in Hush, Ron. Okay. As the killer. You know, yeah. the it's just he's just titled as the man. If you've ever yeah. if you've never seen Hush, go to Netflix because I still believe it's still on Netflix. It was a Netflix original horror film. Great movie. It's about a uh, diesel. You might be able to make it through because it's not like a super. It's it's a horror movie, but it's uh, basically the girl, the lady in the movie is an author, but she's deaf. Okay. So the whole movie, she's getting stalked by this killer who doesn't realize at first she's deaf, and then he does, and it just gets real interesting. Nice. You mean could have been called Silent Night. Could have been called Silent Night and it would have been better than what we saw, but it was hush and it was really good. Uh, also, he was in the Belco experiment and underwater. Yes. That was the one where Cthulhu got revealed at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> listen, listen, underwater was underrated. It was. It, it, was I, I, it, was, it wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was. No, I, I, I enjoyed that way more than I should have. You know what it was? The problem was that, like, it was one of those movies that was filmed and came out like five years after yeah. it was filmed. And and so it, it kind of looked a little odd. 
the ups and downs of uh, Kristen, uh, what's her name there? Uh, Kristen Stewart? Yeah. So next up, we have the Russian side of the ISS. And uh, we're going to start off with Veronica, uh, spelled in the Russian way, so with a W instead of V. Uh, and that would be played by Masha Mashkova. And she is. this is the first American film she's been in. Okay. She's only been nice. in Russian films other than this film. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Nika. Uh, yes. <laughs> Nika. So next up, Costa Ronin, who played Nikola. Nikolai, sorry. Uh, he was uh, in Last Resort in 2006, Red Dog, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, nice. And last but not least, and of the cast and of the Russian side was, and I'm going to butcher this, so I, I apologize, uh, Palu Azbak, who played Alexei. And uh, he his first movie, Worlds Apart in 2008, that was a, was a Russian film. But then I went to his American films. He was in Lucy. He oh, was in the Ben yep. Hur remake. Yep. He was in Ghost in the Shell. Yep. He was an Overlord, Uncharted, mm-hmm. Samaritan, Hidden Strike, and he was also an Aquaman in The Lost Kingdom. Yes. Nice. And on top of that, some of you fans who are big into Game of Thrones, he was also on that as well. Oh, so nice. I know we don't usually give TV shows, but if somebody's on a big one like Game of Thrones, we usually toss it in it. He was on there as well. So, you know, pretty good cast overall. Kind of, I, I wouldn't say young, because I, I mean, Ariana DeBose is kind of young, but everybody else is kind of in season character actors. But uh, I, I was very, I, I didn't, I couldn't recognize him from, you know, how he had shaved in this movie. But John Gallagher Jr., yeah. I loved him in Hush and I loved him in uh, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. yeah. I, I know we were all fans of that movie. All right. So with that being said, now we've come to the spoiler-free recommendation. So it's going to be a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation with a small spoiler-free why. Don't give too much away, obviously, because we'll be doing the full review, and we also don't want to ruin it for the folks who don't want to uh, hear the spoilers. So we're going to start with you, Ron. If you had to give this a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, what would you give it with a spoiler-free why? Okay. I'm giving it a thumbs down. It's... One of those movies where you wait until it comes out if you want to see it. There's no reason to go to the theater to see it. No, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Diesel, what is your thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation? Spoiler free. We're going with a thumbs down. This movie it was an interesting premise, but the story failed to deliver. And I'm going to make it a trifecta. I'm also going with a thumbs down. I'm going to uh, piggyback off of Diesel saying, yes, there was a great premise here, and uh it fell way short. Uh, on top of that, uh, when we get to the spoiler full portion, uh, I will give a little bit more out. But I just, I just feel like there was a lot to be desired here. Uh, I'm with Ron on this. If you do want to check it out, although I will say it's kind of there's some big set pieces, so it kind of looks cool on the big screen. Maybe I get, maybe it's going to get some extra points for me just from that. So, but I don't, still don't think it's worthwhile to go spend the money at the theater. That's just me. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, so with that, we are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we are going to be talking about the full spoiler review for ISS. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich Ron and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Coffee, anyone? Enjoy the summer together. Morning. Morning, Kim Chico. Thanks for the bungees. 
Hey guys, I think I'm seeing a volcano erupting. Where'd you see it? I'm assuming she's looking at the Yucatan Peninsula. No, it was east of all of that. Oh, whoa. You all just saw a flash, right? What the hell is going on down there? We gotta get out to the cupola. Now, guys! Get out! Now! Faster! Let's go! Get out! Yeah! Well, that is a clip from ISS as we are going to kick off the spoiler full portion of the 3FN Movie Club review. But before we do, I just want to give one quick warning. We are about to get, jump into the full spoiler review of ISS. If you have not seen ISS and do not want the movie spoiled, this is where you stop the podcast, come back after you've seen the film, and then listen to what we have to say. Or, if you are fine with having the movie spoiled or have already seen it, buckle yourselves in because we are taking off to the International Space Station right about... Now, and of course, uh, we usually go over the, the skeleton of the film. Uh, it's not scene for scene, so if we skip over stuff, it is what it is before giving our likes and dislikes. And then, of course, playing the game where we get the scores from around the internet. And last, but certainly not least, uh, give you our scores. So, let's start right off. Uh, this movie opens up, and uh, we are on our way to the ISS, the International Space Station. If you didn't realize that that's what it stood for. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the two characters that we see ascending in the little travel port, if you will, the little travel rocket yeah. would be Christian and of course Dr. Kira Foster uh, and they are going up to study uh, well one of them is a biologist and I don't even think they tell you what Christian is he no. plays with fire yeah. we know that we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but they don't really say it, but uh, uh, Kira is 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 a, bi a biologist who's studying with mice. Uh, later on, we find out. We'll skip it to this because it does not really as important to the story. Basically, she's trying to find out ways to, to have mice harvest like things that humans would need in space. They can't do it on the ground because of the weight, but in weightless air, they probably can. So that's what she's testing. And we find out there's a whole story about how her father died. And, and this is kind of the transplant things that he could have used. And that's what her driving force is. So, I mean, yes, I know I'm jumping ahead there, but it's kind of not important to the story. Not at all. That's going to be, that's going to be a theme in this movie. <laughs> For a 95-minute movie, that's a theme. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to say this. The opening, the, this first act, the opening act of this film, probably my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Just, just so everybody knows. So after they get aboard, we get to meet the rest of the characters. Of course, they meet the captain of the American side, and that would be uh, Gordon Barrett. Uh, and uh, then they meet the you know all the Russian uh, cosmonauts, if you will, uh, being uh, Veronica, Nikolai, and Alexei. Uh, and it's basically explained that, hey, you know, we're, you know, politics are down for down there. Up here, we're a family. We share everything. Although, if you don't want somebody taking your stuff, there is lockboxes. And f so it makes it less complicated. If you have an American lockbox, you have an American key, the American key will open all American lockboxes. 
And if you have a Russian, you have a Russian lockbox, and your Russian key will open up. If you do need something from somebody, ask, and they usually don't have a problem giving you their key, so you can get it. It's very much, and you find out in this first part of the movie, I'd be honest, that they are like a family. You know, you they, they get, you know, Kira's first time there, so they have a, a dinner in her celebration. Christian brought up some mail, and from, not, 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 not mail like in, like, you know, bills and stuff, but like, pictures drawn by family yeah. members gifts from family members and then gifts that he yeah. bought everybody he even gives Kira a gift and he's like I didn't know what to get you so I got you this little rocket that has a lanyard and the lanyard's made from the same thing our tethers are uh, by the way that is definitely <laughs> was a bad, bad idea foreshadowing <laughs> foreshadowing bad ideas. also uh, when they first uh, port up with the ship they're talking about who's going to open the door if it's going to be the Americans who just bust right on and open or if it's going to be the Russians who knock three times which also <laughs> foreshadowing uh, so on top of all of this you know we also get to meet like when we're meeting everybody uh, Veronica gets along with Kira very well at first trying to help her through things uh, and then Alexi, he, at the beginning, they kind of paint him as the the bad guy, if you will. Like, there's a scene where she's putting her mice away, and he's also a biologist, and he's like, oh, you know, they don't usually last, and yada, yada, yada. And then she leaves, and then he's, like, looking at the mice. And it's like a sinister thing. Like, they give you this, yeah. like, they're trying to give you a red herring that he's going to be this sinister figure, if you will. Did you catch that as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. So then they're at this little makeshift, I would say dinner, if you could, yep. uh, as much as you can. And they are, uh, what song comes on, Diesel? <laughs> the classic Scorpions hit, Winds of Change. That's right. And of course, uh, Gordon is not a fan of the song, nor of the Russian singing. <laughs> no. And uh, that pisses Alexi off because Alexi's like, you have to understand where we're from. When we grew up, this means something. You know, there was things and we, we lived through things and you have to understand that. And they all kind of smooch and make up, if you will. And that's when Nikolai vo breaks out some vodka. And uh, they uh, we also learned, that, you know, hey, did you open the bottle a certain way on the ship? Because obviously, you know, there's no gravity. gravity. Uh, and uh, they're spinning Kira around. And then they say, hey, we want to take you up to the cupola. Because everybody gets excited because everybody, when the first time you see, because what the cupola is, is it's this little, it's, it shouldn't say little, it's a decent sized room, but it's got windows all the way around. It faces down towards Earth and you get to see the planet. Yep. So they're like, any every time somebody goes, comes up here, we like to see their reaction because it's, a, you know, it's an experience. So they take her up and like, this is where we kind of find that Kira's pretty much, she ain't normal, like in the aspect of like, she she's not overwhelmed or anything. Yeah. It's just very business, if you will. And there's other people, because I remember Gordon even says, uh, Gordon says to her, you know, I've never found what was so special about it either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting take. Like, I've never, I've never, you know, really found that feeling. Because they're explaining to her that it's like a religious experience. It's like this, this, you know, puts your mind in perspective. And it was kind of cool because they do mention you're only one of like 500 people who have ever seen this view. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's interesting to put that into the perspective of the world. So after they get done with that, it's bedtime for Cure the First Night. And I love that they put this in because obviously when people sleep in zero gravity, it's interesting. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. So there's a little sleeping bag on the wall. And uh, Ron, how do you kind of navigate that? You you latch yourself into a wall. You're vertical, so to say, because there's no gravity. So you yeah. kind of just go in this little, your little room, which is a padded. A padded room. And you just strap yourself in. And go to sleep. They recommend for the new people to strap into the bag because the first few nights are going to be a little hairy. But yeah. once you're up here for a while, you can be like Gordon, who's just 
or Christian, 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 who doesn't sleep in the bag. He, yeah. he doesn't sleep in the bag, and he sleeps with his eyes open. And he's <laughs> just, we find that out after the fact, because she opens the door at one point when she starts freaking out, because, you know, obviously you would freak out. And she opens the door, and, and she sees Christian, and it makes startles her, because she sees Christian with his door open, just floating there with his <laughs> eyes open. But he's sleeping. Yeah. Uh, and Veronica happens to be coming through, and she's just like, oh, you know, it's, it's rough, so get back in the bag. And she straps her in with, with bungee cords. Yeah. And so she's a lot tighter in there. She's like, this is, this is the better way to do it when you first start, you know. And we find out that Nika really takes a, a liking to Kira and tries to teach her a little bit of Russian, which Kira doesn't have the best Russian. No, no she doesn't, but she teaches her uh, something that comes again. Once again, lots of foreshadowing in this movie. <laughs> so as we're going along, and we got to the clip, so they're doing their stuff on the ship. And in the morning, she finds out that some of her mice have died, and she's very attached to these mice. And obviously, when you find out later, well, you know what she's up there for. You explains why, but you know she didn't realize the zero gravity. And basically, what Alexia told her before is that that free floating actually kind of makes them go insane. Yeah. So they they start attacking each other. Yeah. So a couple of them are dead because they're being attacking. So she ends up, you know, she's very bummed about it. And she goes and she looks out the the cupola, and when she gets up there. What you guys were seeing, because you can't hear the clip, you can't hear see, but you could hear what she's looking at is what's going on on the ground, Ron. Do you just see an explosion, which she thinks is a volcano, and you see another explosion, and then you just see a bunch of explosions. So basically, World War Three just happened. Yeah. So they realize really quick that it wasn't a volcano, and if for a explosion of this magnitude to be seen from the space station it's not a good thing so they all go back out of the cupola they shut the door and then they instantly they break apart and they start trying to contact their governments uh obviously the americans gordon barrett is your captain and then the other side nikolai is the is the the captain for russia and they start trying to contact to find out what's going on And and you know since they're like a family up there they keep yelling back and forth hey have you heard anything yet no have you heard anything yet finally through the emergency band a message gets typed out to gordon and that message, uh, what does it read, Diesel? Take over the ISS by any means necessary. Yeah. Basically, we're, the war, war is broken out. Nuclear war is broken out on the ground between Russia and the United States. We need you to take over the ISS. It's a foothold. It's a, it, it, that's, it's, yeah, we need this. And, uh, and on the other end, the Russians get the same message. Yep. So now, you know, they, at first it's kind of weird. There's like The tensions are wild because they both know something's going on. They both kind of assume the other side got the same message, but nobody's talking yeah. about it. And basically, Nikolai says, you know, they're, they're, they lose comms. So the nuclear blast, you know, because there's so many nuclear blasts, somehow that has knocked out their communications from the ground. Like in satellite, because yeah. it's risen to where the satellites are, knocked out communications. It's also knocked out their booster engines. Yep. And they were lower in lower orbit to get, obviously, to get the two crew members coming on plus supplies. Yeah. So without the boosters, if we can't get them back online in the next 24 hours, they're going to start to fall out of the sky. And they will be crashing back through Earth. Uh, They don't know if they'll make it through the atmosphere even, but they'll be crashing down through to Earth. So So we got our our timer going down now at this point. Yeah, Yeah. so (laughs) now we have the fact that, you know, both sides are... You know, it, you know, we there's tension because both sides have been told to take the ship over, and then we have the on top of all of that, the boosters are down. So they're like, "Hey, we can't make a communication." And Nikolai says, "Hey, the antenna is broken." So Gordon, being the hero, decides he's going to solo spacewalk and fix the antenna. And of course, Christian and Kira are kind of like, "Yeah, you Christian, know, why Christian, are you the one doing this?" Yeah, <laughs> Christian was was more uh, automatically. Christian was pretty much. Which we find out he was in the Air Force. He's automatically kind of like, 
I don't trust these motherfuckers. Yeah. You know they got the same message. They're trying to fuck us. Yeah. And Kira's kind of in the middle. She's like, hey, you know, I just got here, but I feel like you guys all get along. Would they really do that to you? And Gordon is like super optimistic for no fucking reason. Yeah. And so he goes like, you know, it's going to be fine. So he goes out and Kira's on the comms with him as he goes to do a spacewalk. Well, right before he does a spacewalk, oh. Veronica comes in and her and Gordon have a very passionate kiss. And we find out really quick that, hey, those two are uh, shacking up up here. Yeah, they are. Now you know why Gordon was saying about going to Siberia. <laughs> yeah, like multiple times. So anyways, him and Nika, after the kiss, they goes out and then and Kira's now, you know, talking to him. And he's like, hey. Do you mind keep talking to me just because obviously it's probably nerve wracking. At this point, he sees the Earth, and that. And by the way, I will say this: the graphics in this movie are amazing. Yeah. Because when he looks down at the Earth, Ron, what does he see? No, it's completely like red and fire, and like it's pretty much the ground looks like it's all destroyed. Right. Much. And so, what does he tell uh, Kira? To, what is his direction to Kira Diesel? Or don't you remember? I have uh, keep, keep, keep everybody away from, from the windows. windows. Yeah, yeah, keep everyone from the windows, and then keep talking with me. Yeah. 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 So he gets to the part where he's almost to the antenna, and uh, he's got to he's got to kind of untether himself to make the last little jump over to it. At the same time, we have Alexi going through the circuit boxes, and he's looking for a wire. And we know it's obviously to sabotage something, but he has like the at first he has like a, a, I can't do this. Yeah, moment. he's got a moment of doubt. He's like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this to him. He's out there. If I do this, there's no going back either. And then finally, he just swallows it and, and makes it happen. He snaps the cord. And of course, by the way, I thought it was one of the things that they did here was covering the plot hole of, because later on, Christian goes through that box to see if somebody tampered with it and he had put the fake wire in there. Yeah. Remember? So I'm like, wow, that's actually ingenious. Like yeah. most movies wouldn't have thought about that shit, right? Yeah. So uh, now there's no communications between Gordon and Kira. There's no way to communicate with Gordon from any intercom. And there's no visual at this point. Right. Either. Yeah. Because he's on the other side of the ship. In the meantime, Nikolai has uh, commandeered what, Diesel? The arm of the <laughs> space station that, you know, can help move stuff around. But this time it just goes and uh, gives Gordon a little push off. Yes. Yeah. So he knocks Gordon off into space. Boom. <laughs> and as uh, they find, they see him floating away uh, as we see him kind of tumbling. And, of course, Nika's not happy because that's her lover. And, of course, the Americans are like, fuck. And at this point, Christian just grabs Kieran and is kind of like, if we, we need to stay together, if we go apart, they're going to kill one of us. Yep. Like, they've killed him. Well, and she's like, you don't know that. It could be an accident. He's like, no, no, no. They killed him. Yeah. Yeah. We are now 3v2. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you need to get on board because we're 3v2. And by the way, we're making this sound a little more intense than it was because that's the problem. I wish it was yeah. more intense. Yeah. Because the next thing that happens is basically Nika comes to Kira while she's talking to Christian. They tell Christian to fuck off pretty much. And... <laughs> Nika's like, hey, listen, I need your help, yada, yada, yada. What do you know? We And she tells Kira, hey, we got a message to take the ship by any means necessary. Did you get the same message? And at first, Kira's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. This is crazy. You know, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, and she says, hey, listen, I, you know, I need your help. You're the only person I can trust. Give me your American key. I'll give you my Russian key. And then we'll swap off. You know, like, and I'll tell you, you know, just trust me. And Kira finally, Nika goes to go away after she thinks Kira's shutting her down. And then finally Kira's like, yeah, we got the same message. So then they're like, okay, I know I, Nika goes, I know you're the only person I can trust because you told me that. And they swap keys. So basically what Nika tells Kira is that there is a node zero with red uh, labeling that is what Alexi is working on. And what Alexi's working on is what, Ron? Uh, 
uh, for plasma or radiation, radiation medicine. Yeah, yeah medicine so for, for radiation poisoning. Sorry. Yeah. So basically, there's going to be a lot of people on Earth who have radiation poisoning if yeah. there's nuclear war. So basically, Nika's like put two and two together and said, listen, that's why the Americans and the Russians want it. They know what's on the ship. They both need it. So therefore, that's why they've told us to take over the ship. And she's like, and I'm pissed off because the motherfuckers killed Gordon. Yeah. She was like, she at this point in juncture, she's like, Alexia and Nikolai, they're the responsible ones, and I don't want to fucking be with them. Because she has this huge blow up. When they tell her, yeah. she has this huge blow up on him because she oh. really loved Gordon. That was yeah. her, that was her man. Yep. She's standing was, by her man over country. Got to give her a little <laughs> bit of credit there. It, go, was, it, was, it was better that you didn't know. Yeah, it was better that you didn't know because you wouldn't have let us do it pretty much. Yeah. And, and even Alexi goes... And Alexi, at this point in juncture, because you still have that red herring of him being an asshole, he's like, Nika, I didn't know. I, I just thought I was cutting the committee. I didn't know that he was going to. Yeah. He, I, he didn't think he was a murderer yeah. <laughs> to Nikolai. Nikolai, it's, it's duty. It's duty to our country. That's why I said, you know, I, I was saying we were talking about it on Patreon a little bit. And I'm like, I'm like, that's why it's funny. They're, they're talking about how winds of change mean so much to him. But man, when it's duty for your country, all of a sudden it's like, here we go. <laughs> Let's murder motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Oh, but Nika was, had that duty to that dick. Oh. <laughs> hey, Gordon was laying down that good pipe. That, and we salute him. She was going him. for some mustache rides. We, we salute him here in the United States. You know, he's a real American hero, sir. A true American hero. We, we all saluted him here in the studio. He was giving her that good American dicking. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Russians can't lay the dick down. I'm just saying, obviously, Nika's uh, obviously. mind was made up. She was willing to give up her family. In the second we'll talk about it. She was willing to give up her family, including she loved her nieces and sister. She was willing to give all that up for that yeah. dick. So that should tell you something. That should, I'm just saying. So anyway, she tells Kira, I'm going to create a distraction. And you're going to get the, that node zero. And then you're going to get into the transport ship and go down to Earth. Yeah. And I'm, and because you're the one I trust, you have to do it. And she goes, but, you know, what about everybody else? And then she's also like, what if I can't get there? She's like, well, it's better off if you try because people are going to die. People are yeah. going to die if you don't make this happen. I'll worry about the ship. Don't you worry about it. So Nika goes and she goes into the little area where we saw the little torch that Christian was using and she unlocks that because she has the key and she takes the fucking torch. And then she finds the main oxygen line and she opens that bitch up. <laughs> and uh, we all know what happens when fire and oxygen mix. So at this point in juncture, her comrades, the other two Russian guys, are now there and she is like, I don't want to live. I don't want to do any of this, yada, yada, yada. In the meantime, Kira goes to find this node zero can't find it. Christian bumps into her and goes, there's no such thing. You got played. You gave her your key, you dumbass. What the hell did you do? You've doomed us. Yeah, <laughs> you fucked us over. So I, now they're like, we have to find Nika. So they go running off. So in the meantime, Nika's threatening to blow this fucking ship up. That's a, quite a distraction. <laughs> yeah. So now the Russians see... You know, Christian and, and Kira behind her because she's there in the doorway. And Nika's, you know, getting ready to light this bitch up. And Christian just, what does he do, Diesel? I don't know what he uses, but he cracks the back of her skull. Yeah. Some, and some kind of. He brained her with a canister, dude. Yeah. I don't know what kind of canister, but he brained her with he it. He brained her. And when everything hits the fan and, like, they split off the Americans and the Russians again. He's like, no, she's dead. I felt something crack. Uh, yeah, the, 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 I felt her brain or her head, her, her, her skull, crack, her skull, her skull crushing. Yeah, 
it was fucking crazy to hear that line too. Two v two. So yeah, we're not two v two, right? <laughs> so in the meantime, of course, now you know. So now you know. You go back, and Nikolai's like, "We have to get those other two, yada da." And Alexi looked. This is where you finally find that Alexi has some like a different heart because Alexi's like, "Listen," because they're like, "They killed Nika. We have to get them, and we have to take over the ship. Those are orders." And Alexi goes to Nikolai, "You're not a murderer," and he's like, "And they didn't kill her. We did. We did this." You, you know, I, I helped you unwittingly, and I didn't think you would murder somebody, and you, we did this. It's our fault. So Nikolai's like, you're going to help me or not. I'm going with this screwdriver to go kill me some Americans. In the meantime, Christian gets cured to hide in the, like, uh, garbage slash yeah. storage area of the ship. Yeah. His plan is, hey, we just got to survive until we get back to linked up with the ground so we can get the boost, and then we can just go. We, we got to get out of here. And earlier in the movie, we didn't mention this because it wasn't important until now, Nika had told Alexi, because he's feeling uneasy and they were really good friends, that she had hidden a bottle of vodka under one of the desks. So we now see uh, our good friend Alexi with a bottle, a small bottle of vodka with a straw in it, and he is fucking <laughs> wasted because that is what he has decided to do. If, I, if, I, if I'm going to be alive, I'm going to be fucking drunk. So uh, as he's looking at the screen, Ron, what does he catch on the screen that's looking at the outside of the ship? Is Oh, he sees a uh, uh, what's his face? Gordon, Gordon, Gordon is, on, is hanging on, on, on the one solar of the panels. solar panels. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like Gordon. Gordon, <laughs> you, I, I you're like, it's like inquisitive Gordon. So then he just he gets the arm and he saves Gordon's life. Yeah, well. He, he starts moving the arm, but that's all we see. Well, we see Gordon get onto the arm. That's just that. We see Gordon get on. You're right. We don't know if he's going to fling him off. Let's, let's not skip ahead. He, he moves the arm over. Gordon climbs on the arm, and that is all we see. So now Alexi is looking for Nikolai. And I don't know if it's to tell him about Gordon or not, because I think that he's not, because obviously yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. And in the meantime... Uh, he is looking in that hall, but Christian has thrown, he's got this little fidget toy he's been playing yep. with. Yeah. He throws it into the other room so Nikolai will chase after it. In the meantime, Kira's like, all right, I'm going to make a move to get out of here. And when she does, she bumps into Alexi. And Alexi sees her, and then he sees Nikolai, and he shoves Kira down the, the hallway so she can get out, yeah. so she can get away from Nikolai. And he's basically like, hey, have any luck finding them? And no. And then finally they find Christian, because, you know, he's not good at hide and seek, because <laughs> for some reason he's now exposed, which is weird. Yeah. And before they could do anything, Kira, you know, hits Nikolai, and then Nikolai starts fighting with Kira. And it looks like Kira's going to be meeting her untimely demise, because at this point, uh, Nikolai's even hit Alexi and not, to knock him out of the way. Remember, he gives him a little elbow. And just as it looks like Kira's going to eat it, what happens, Ron? Uh, then uh, we have Gordon. The, Gordon sh- 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 the hottest of tags <laughs> comes in hot to save the day. <laughs> yeah, Gordon takes a drill and cracks this motherfucker upside his head is what happens. And after he knocks, knocks him for a loop, talking about uh, Nikolai, he's basically like, where's Nika? Where's Nika? And they're like, she, and Alexi's like, she's gone. Yep. And he's like, what? And there, and Kira's like, I'm sorry, she's gone. So he throws Alexi, he kind of like, it's a weird move because he kind of chucks um, Kira into Alexi to knock them out of this little room area and he shuts the fucking door and locks it. So yep. it's him and Nikolai. It's time to go. <laughs> By the way, the most lackluster fight scene I've ever seen in the movie. Diesel, <laughs> you can describe the fight scene. This is the, I, I'm going to make it sound better than what it was. I've made this whole movie sound better than what it is. I, pro- I promise you folks that. I promise you, because how exciting and uh, like the way I do things, I'm sorry. Just imagine it at half the speed I'm telling you. <laughs> Literally. <Diesel. So laughs> Literally half the speed. Gordon and, what is it, Nikolai, right? Yeah, yeah. They kind of like exchange weapons 
unwittingly. And so now Nikolai's got this drill and Gordon's got the screwdriver and he gets drilled into the abdomen and, oh no, we know this is going to be a death no. But Gordon, in his last moment of heroism, <laughs> takes a screwdriver and implants it into the brainstem of yeah. the mad Russian <laughs> as they both die embraced in a hug. They embrace in a hug. They're both dead. And as the, Amer- the, the two Americans and Alexi, so Christian, Kira, and Alexi, break into the door finally. But it, by the time they break in, they're both dead. 2v1. Also, this is the moment where I sighed and just went, because, granted, it was a lackluster fight scene. But the fact that, you know, it ends with them, like, embraced. Like, I was just like, when bad movies try to be poignant, I lose my shit. Yeah. Well, it was even better because the next scene is, like, them strapping them into, like, this area. Not their rooms, but a different area. Both both in the, both in inside of their sleeping bags and, like, laying them down in memorial. Yep. Yeah. And it's at this point in Juncture that Kira is just kind of on her own floating around. because Well, they all go to sleep, sorry. And... Kira gets up because she can't sleep and she's just wandering around. And as she's wandering around, she's looking at some, she just happens to be looking at a doorway, Ron. And what does it say above the doorway? The Nito. Node zero. No, no, node, node zero. zero. Yeah, sorry. So she was like, holy shit, there is a node zero. Christian lied to me. So she goes to Christian's bunk and Christian's not there, but his spacesuit's there. And also the vials with the red labels yeah, yeah. are in there. And she's like, son of a bitch. So now she enters into the common area. And uh, basically, Alexi's trying to get still. Uh, oh, she realizes that the airflow is now off. They, they tell early on in the movie oh, that yeah. if you hear, yeah. as long as you, you hear, hear the humming, humming, you're good. You're good. But once you don't hear the humming, the life support shut down. And we literally have like, t- you know, hours till yeah. we die. So basically, she knows she hears the fact that the air, the air filters off. So she goes into the other room. And as she goes in the other room, she basically sees. Uh, Alexi is trying to get contact still with the ground. Yeah. And so he's over on the computer, but over at a table with a sharp knife for some reason <laughs> is Christian and he's making a wrap. Well, a it's sandwich. a sandwich, a sandwich. But it looks like a wrap. Let's yeah. be honest. So when she well, what comes are you doing in, over there, making a sandwich, when she comes in, they're both, both Christian and Kira are leery of each other. You can tell that they know. And uh, she sends a sign to, uh, to Alexi at one point where she's points to her ears into the vent because he's playing and, music. Because he's playing music. So he goes and shuts the music off, and then he realizes, oh, shit, there's no you know, life-saving um, stuff yeah. on here. As he's rocking out to the scorpions, he doesn't realize that life support is now off. <laughs> so then, Kira go, uh, basically, Christian asks Kira if she wants a sandwich, and he'll make it for her. And she's like, no, I can make it myself. So she goes over, and they have this weird interaction <laughs> where it's like they both know the other one's trying to fuck the other one. you know, like not, And I mean not sex. We're talking... Both of them know that the other one's trying to kill the other one. Yeah. And so she's like, at, at one point in juncture, she's like, oh, I need a plastic bag. He's like, there, there's some over there. And she goes, no, no, that one over there oh, will do. She's no. like, I need the knife because she's got the mayonnaise. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she knocks the mayonnaise three times. Ah, yes, yes. I forgot about this. She does knock the mayonnaise three times to send a message to, Alec- or to Alexa. Gotta, gotta get the lid off. Now, at this point, too, like throughout the movie, I was like, there's something weird about the Kira character. And I was like, maybe she's not who we think she is. Earlier in the movie, we find that out, which I skipped over purposely well, for this moment. Not, 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 not just that, but I was like, why? Like, it was just weird. But she knocks three times. I was like, wait, why is she doing the Russian code? I knew, like, obviously to alert Alexi that, hey, we got, he is the problem now. 
she asks for the knife, and he's like, oh, there's plastic knives over there. <laughs> no. And then he's like, kind of like caught in that one. He's like, uh, uh, and puts the knife down. Yeah. <laughs> so in the meantime, after that, we learned earlier in the movie that she was a Marine. Like, I, yeah. so like he was in the Air Force, and they made fun of the fact that the Air Force doesn't know hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And that's what she makes fun of. But she was a Marine. That's how she ended when she was talking on the yeah. when she was talking with Gordon when he's doing the spacewalk. We looked over that for that reason. So she's like, oh. There's a little more to this this cookie, if you will. So now, basically, uh, you know, Christian tells Alexi, "Hey, can you give me a moment with in, in Russian?" He says to Alexi, "Can you give me a moment with Kira? I, we, you know, I just need to talk to her in private for a moment, just to, to find." So Alexi's going to fuck off, and before she leave, he leaves. Kira, she doesn't know a lot of Russian, but she did learn some phrases from Nika, and one of them she learned was something that they say, the Russians say to each other to make sure that they know to get their back, and she's like, no, you can, you know, basically tells them to stay. And that's, and so as he hears this, he's like, Okay. In perfect Russian, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely well, perfect she, she Russian. She did master that phrase. Because remember, she kept saying the phrase earlier, yeah. Nika, so it was a good foreshadowing, so I'm not going to take anything away from it. So she's so he's staying, and then finally Christian's just like, okay, well, fuck it. Here's the here, here's the deal. I've turned off the air purifier, and uh, we're, you're, you're, the motherfucker's going to die. I can turn it back on. However, Kira, you are just going to leave and be the hero by yourself. That ain't happening today. I'm leaving and I'm going to be the hero. So if you want to live, because I can turn back on the life support, you better just let me go. And then the most gangster shit ever uttered by a man is Alexi goes, I can fix it too. <laughs> Christian, Christian got fucking duped. So now Christian's like in a, in a little bit of a quandary. So he goes to stab Kira, to which Alexi puts his hand right through the fucking knife, which was kind of badass. It was. And remember what I said foreshadowing about that lanyard? Well, Kira learned, it does a little something she learned in the uh, the Marine Corps. She wraps that lanyard around the neck of Christian and she pulls over her own back to basically snap his neck at the same time she's suffocating him. And Alexia is pushing down on him to make the process quicker. Yeah, yeah. So they With kill the knife Christian. still in his hand the yeah. entire time. So they kill okay. Christian. Then you show, and then we get the slowest shit of all time because then they show Alexi fixing the air machine before the radios come back up, and now the Russians and the Americans because we hear them going, "Who's taking? Have you gotten the ship? Did you get to control the ship? Are you in control of the ship?" And then they get into the escape pod to leave. Well, the the flush, the boosters turn back on too. Well, Well, that's after they left. That was after they left. No, no, it was before. It was, it was before, before they left. Because right after they get the radio thing, the yeah. boosters come back up. So they, they get right. raised yeah. up. And then the, the, the radios start. Because they're like, yeah. who, who, you know, basically each side is probably saying the same thing as what we assume is, do you have control of the ship? And then they get into the escape pod. And then you they keep you keep hearing them go, who's in the escape pod? We'll help any American that's in the escape pod. Yada, 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 whatever, whatever. Or the transport, I said escape pod. Yeah. And, they're, and they're in there. They have the cure. And... Uh, Basically, then Alexi just looks over at Kira and goes, where are we going to go? And Kira goes, I don't know, as they descend out of the ISS. <laughs> and that is the movie, folks. Fade yeah. to black. And I'm just like, first of all, why wouldn't you just stay on the ISS? You're going to go down to where there's a nuclear wasteland? Yeah. <laughs> you're safe on the ISS. There's food up there. There's air up there. You guys are fine now. You're fine until you run out of food. Then leave. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, you don't know where you're going to land because you're just blindly falling down. So you yeah. could land into like radiation central you could land in 70 percent of the earth water yeah or you could wind up in enemy russia or enemy america or just burn yourself up because if you don't hit the right 
projection points. Uh, <laughs> logic went out the window at that point. <laughs> but that was the movie. That's the nutshell. So now let's go to likes and dislikes. We're going to start with you, Ron. What were some of your likes? We'll start with likes first. Likes for ISS. Like you said, the visuals in this movie were actually really good. They really were on point. Uh, the ISS as itself, as a place, actually, you felt like you were on the space station. Like, they had the foot bars to help you hold yourself. Like, they it, it, they did a lot of time and effort into that. You know, they made it feel like they were floating a lot, you know. And it's there. It's the concept, like you said, this, this movie had a great concept and a great premise that could have done something, you know, done something amazing. But it just, you know... It, it's that first act you're like okay we can get into this and it, the first act goes you meet the characters like boom 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 and then all of a sudden shit hits the fan and it's like all right you know what it's an hour and a half movie don't care that it's like boom 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 that's what you want mm-hmm. you know and it's that's a good point i'm not upset with the acting in this movie mm-hmm. the acting for the most part is it's good fine. it's fine like it, it's it's just, what they were giving they gave what they could and I wasn't upset with any of that. Mm-hmm. It's just... <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the dislikes yeah. in a minute. Do you really want to add anything to the likes? Okay, so the technical stuff with how good the zero gravity stuff looked. I know it's a very difficult process to film stuff with like the Vomit Comet, yeah. stuff like that. They did a tremendous job with that. Like It looked great, and they were con- consistently you know, in zero gravity. So that was really cool. I really like the score. The score... Put you at a sense of unease throughout the entire movie once the second act happened. And I really appreciated that. Same with the actual filming. It wasn't like Cloverfield shaky cam, but it was not steady cam either. So, like, everything that they did was to put you at a sense of unease. Like, I did enjoy that. That's it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the third. I, I love the digital effects of this movie. Like when you're looking over the earth, it looks really cool. Uh, like when it's like when you look over when it's a barren wasteland, if you will, it looks cool. Like so they hit that really well. Uh, the cinematography in this film was amazing. As you pointed out, they did very good at shooting in space. I like the concepts that they did, like you said, especially like in the second act. I will say this: they did. I they never truly built suspense, unfortunately. But it wasn't from lack of how it was filmed, yeah. because the filming was been perfect for suspense. Because you did a lot of like come across the angle, see if there's something there. They did a, some really cool switches to the the the, the CCTV. Yeah. So they that was pretty cool with the closed circuit TVs and stuff. Uh, and then like so, I liked the cinematography of this film. I also would do with the score, uh, knowing that she's done History Channel stuff and Discovery, perfect. Yeah. Because this was a really cool like it, it, it matched the movie. There was this hope and joyous stuff in the beginning, and then it 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 the score develops into something a little more sinister as yeah. the movie goes on, and then hope and comes back at the end, right? Uh, and then I, I'm with Ron. I did like the acting in this film. I don't think it was the actor's fault of anything that didn't come across because. It was the writing you could tell all day because I think they delivered the lines the way they should have been delivered according to the script. The script was flawed. <laughs> I, I will say yeah. that. Uh, and the and I, I I'm going to say this is one of the better first acts in a movie. I did like like you said quick it's quick pace which is nice but they still made you feel in that first act like this was a family. You know Kira's new so she doesn't know everybody but the other five have been on missions before. Yeah. But they brought her right in and they made her feel at home and it felt like a family and that really helped set the tone when shit's going to hit the fan. Let's get into dislikes. I'll start it off and we'll go in reverse like we always do. And that's where the problem is. You never get the payoff. 
You never feel like somebody's totally in or out. Even when they try to give you a red herring. By the way, we missed over that in the story, which is fine. But Alexi, when he was staring down things, all he did was he built a lattice so the, the mice would have something to catch on. And she's like, you built this, didn't you? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, this is discovered in the third act. So yeah. when you thought that they were making him sinister, he wasn't sinister. He was lied to by Nikolai to do that. He was a very nice person. You know, they, they were giving you the red herring. But you could have done so much more to develop that. And as a matter of fact, there shouldn't have been a red herring. I don't even know if there should have been a good or bad guy. I mean, you could have still had it come down to the two of them saying, oh, man, it was worth, you know, what is this worth? Let's still survive together. But you could have had a real life and death try to take over the ISS like we thought. It wasn't. There was nobody was in except for Nikolai. If you think, and then Christian. Christian. Yeah. Christian later on, though. Nikolai was the first, and then Christian was the reaction to Nikolai. Christian was a coward for the first half of it, and then all of a sudden he was the sinister one, which made no sense. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they never developed it. And once again, that's the whole problem with this movie. They never built, like I said, the camera angles were building a little bit of suspense, but they never built the suspense because you never felt in danger. Yeah. I mean, even when then Gordon gets nudged off, like it, it doesn't look that. I mean, yeah, I know he's gonna like is and Kira or sorry, Nika. She tries to make it sound even more because she's, she's like his oxygen's gonna last for eight hours. He's going to drown out in space. Like basically, he's going to die over the next eight hours in the most horrifying way possible. And like so, they're trying to paint that, but it's never, still never portrayed in a way. And then. You bring that motherfucker back for nothing to die in a in the worst. Listen, yeah. I understand they're in zero gravity. It's hard to have. You can't have like a kung fu scene or something. But it's got to be better than what we fucking saw. Yeah, drill to the abdomen, yeah. screwdriver to the neck. Right, but even before that, they were just like pity pat. It was almost like smack each other, like in zero gravity. Like there's you, wouldn't you grab a hold of somebody or something? Yeah. Like I. I just didn't get that. So I never felt like there was ever an uptick to this movie. And that's what the movie actually needed. You know, introduce something in there. Like, I was waiting for somebody to introduce a gun. Yeah. You have all these locked boxes. Somebody would add a gun. They introduce the the, the, flame. the flame, but they don't use it. Yep. Which is fine, because in theory, it would blow the whole fucking thing up anyways, right? Yeah. But in same with probably a gun. But you would think that something like that would get introduced. But <laughs> What are you doesn't. doing with a gun in space? <laughs> Not to mention, we then see that there's a sharp knife when it comes to Christian. But fucking Nikolai just grabs a screwdriver? Like a regular ass fucking screwdriver? Like when you could have just... That, that knife that Christian had would have been a better weapon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Diesel, dislikes for you. All right. So as a resident watcher of Survivor, <laughs> I was like, all right, you could do so much with this. I think they needed to have a third or and or fourth country involved in this because having the knowledge of, hey, shit's going down on Earth. We don't know who we can trust. I don't know if I could trust the Chinese, the Russians, or a yeah. random other country. I think that could have done a lot because 3v3 kind of handcuffed you. Right. Now, what I think they were trying to do was make Among Us the movie, and they failed miserably. <laughs> at it. We had the imposters sabotaging stuff. But it, everybody's like kind of shifted at some point. Yeah. And it was just, it, it fell flat. Like all the suspense was done poorly. And then everything that was done well wound up having zero payoff. It was just bizarre. Yeah. All right, Ron, some more dislikes. See, Diesel's like, oh, they made it look good. Like the, the, the average stuff that was floating in the background and all that stuff. Yeah, it made it feel like zero gravity. Like there's a sub couple scenes you can see the harnesses and like how their clothes are. Oh, I didn't even you, notice that. Like you could just tell by how their clothes were yeah. kind of wrinkled that there's a harness, and I yeah. get it. And it didn't really take me out of the movie, but I'm just like, oh, that that yeah, th that's okay. That's where that's holding, and I know that's 
they're doing zero gravity, so it didn't really take me out of the movie. But I, you could just tell, like, yeah. oh, that shirt wouldn't be like, like that. It, you know, there's, there's, you know, you're in zero gravity. There shouldn't be that many wrinkles or blah, blah blah. And it's like, you know, little technical stuff. I get it. The, like you said, you get to the lackluster fight scene between uh, Gordon and uh, Nikolai, and it's like, it's like, it is slow motion. It's literally slow motion. Slow motion, but the hottest of tags in space. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, it's the worst fight scene I've seen since Nightmare on Elm Street 5 when we had the invisible Freddy Kung Fu fight. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's there, like, the whole concept, like, you, I you, I don't think Nika would have let Gordon go out there on his own. If she knew what was going on, yeah. That's why they didn't tell her. Well, no, no but I mean, I think in, in, like, oh, in general. Yeah, because, I mean, how, how would the antenna be damaged? Well, I, we, we I did find out, too, the antenna was not damaged. Right, I was going to say. But I also want to just point out that uh, with her in particular, I think that, A, there was some of that stupid red herring shit that never worked yeah. anyways, because that's why it looked like she turn-coated on, on Kira, but she didn't. Uh, but, no, I think with her in particular, I think her and Gordon, unfortunately, were the same belief. They were both the optimists. They both thought everybody was just going to get along. Even though she knew the other, nobody had made a move. Every, you know, everybody was on eggs, but nobody was really making a move. So I think she, like Gordon, was just gleefully dumb to the fact that, you know what, these family members, if you will, yeah. are going to turn on me because of some orders from their country, yeah. which made no fucking sense. Because they just got done in the beginning of the movie tell us how politics don't make a difference up here because we're the smart ones. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the other problem is that, like, all of a sudden World War Three breaks out 12 hours later, 20, you know. 18 hours later like if you were sending them up like obviously tensions were high tensions were high like you, you know, didn't forewarn them the tensions yeah, were high yeah like like, like defcon 5's gonna come and you know the, the, the doomsday clock is hitting midnight like the, if it would have been like hey shows them going up and then cut to like a month later type of deal that made more sense because it takes that out of the equation yeah yeah it's like 24 hours later. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> 24 hours later. Like it should be it's the next morning. It, sh- it yeah. should, it should, you know, just, you know, Hey, we got some, you know, we got this and this and this happened in this time period. And then boom. Okay. Things happen in three, you know, um, even a week, something. Yeah. I get you. It, there's, there's a lot to be desired, but with that being said, that's kind of the, I think, I think we could probably go further, but we'll just go with that for being the likes and dislikes. So now that we have uh, given you the full spoiler review, it is now time to find out what the scores from around the internet are. And there's one way we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. Of course, Ron won last week. Can he win again this week? By the way, the year total is one and one. Game is played simple. We're going to give scores from around the internet for what people gave this movie, and these two gentlemen are going to guess it. Uh, the first one to three points wins, and it is the closest to the number, period. So there is no more Price is Right rule. That is the rule we changed. So therefore, one of these men will win. One of these men will lose in battle, and uh, we'll find that out very soon. Ron, since you won last week, you have the advantage. So, Diesel, you will be going first. So with that being said, we're going to start off with our good friends over at IMDB. Out of 10, using points, what did they give ISS? Oh. 4.2. Ronald. 5.1. All right. So 4.2, 5.1, and Ron gets the point. It was 5.8 out of 10. 5.8 out of 10. That's a little high. 
<laughs> all right. Uh, by the way, I'm going to forewarn you guys. This shit is kind of a little all over the place. Yeah. All right, Ron, you get to go next. Metacritic out of 100%. Of course, this is only uh, critic scores combined from around the internet, but out of 100%, what did they give to ISS? Unfortunately, critics can go either way with this thing. It's either, in their eyes, like the greatest movie since freaking Citizen Kane or the worst movie since, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Uh, 42%. 42%? Diesel. 43. Damn it. Oh, hedging the bets. So it's under if it's under 42, it's Ron's. If it's over 42, it's Diesel's. And Diesel ties it up. It was 52%. 52. Okay, well, okay. That's not bad. All right, Diesel, you get to go first here. And this is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So this is critics from Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give? ISS. 51. Ronald. We'll go f- 55. Okay. 51, 55, and... Ron gets the point, 63%. Uh, it's, now it is uh, 2-1 in favor of Ron. So, Ron, you could win on the next question, and you get to go first. That's not good. And this is the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give ISS? Clearly, the fans have not seen the smoothie. <laughs> yeah, they only pulled in 3 million. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's only like 12 votes. Uh, out of 100%, 58. Diesel. <sighs> Is this one of the rare ones where the critics liked it more? 59. 58, 59. And who gets gets the point? Ron! And the win. It was 44%. Okay. So it was one of the rare ones. So you went high and you should have gone low, Diesel. So 44% Ron has gotten his second victory in a row uh, for funsies because now we're going to be doing Letterboxd at the end, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And by the way, uh, go to the uh, 3FN podcast on Letterboxd. After every uh, show is recorded, I'm going to put the uh, average of the nerd score up there as our score. So check us out and follow us on Letterboxd. So Letterboxd, uh, out of five using points, Diesel, you would have gone first. So what, uh, what would you give it? 2.4. 2.4. Ron. Uh, out of five? Yep. Three. 2.4. You said 2.4. Yep. You said three? Yeah. It would have been a tie somehow. It was 2.7. <laughs> See, that's the only weird time where you end up in a tie. So it was 2.7. All right. So with that being said, Ron is going to continue on. He's leading the year series two to one. I mean, it's early in the year, so we got a long ways to go. Well, with that... Now that we found out what the rest of the internet thought, it is now finally time for us to give our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And of course, uh, our score is going to be the nerd score. And the nerd score is a mixture, is basically a recommendation score that is mixed with our critic score with an entertainment score, which that means is that the movie could be critically bad, but if it was entertaining, it will bump it in scores and vice versa could also happen as well. On top of that, the nerd score is on the nerd scale, and the nerd scale has five parts and five parts alone. So I'm going to go through them right now for anybody who's not familiar or has forgotten. So a one on the nerd scale is no. That means it's a terrible film. You should never watch it. A two is, is, is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, eh, it's good. These are average to, like, lightly good movies. These are movies that uh, you might not want to go spend money on in a theater, uh, but you can catch them on a streamer or whatever. You're not going to regret seeing it, but you're never going to watch it again, probably. Uh, Four is Just Take My Money. These are the very good to great films. These are movies that you can feel free to go uh, see in the theater and pay money for. You might want to add them to your collection. You're probably going to see them a second time, at least, when they're on streaming. Uh, It might even hit your rotation 
but you know it's it's worth spending money on i should say and on number five is of course the rarefied air that's known as certified nerd and the certified nerd movies are the creme de la creme they're the top they're the legendary films they're films like jaws and jurassic park they're the instant classics you're going to go see them in the theater you're going to go see them when they're re-released you're going to buy them you're going to add them to your rotation you're going to add them to your collection you might even add multiple copies of your collection no matter what they're the best of the best so knowing this Gentlemen, it is now time for us to give our scores. I'm going to start with you, Ron. What is your nerd score for ISS and why? My score is a two. Ooh, I've been warned. It's one of those movies that's not a one. It's it, it, it's there. Like, if it ends up being on a streaming service at some point in time, you want to check it out, that's when I would say check it out. You don't need to see it in the theaters. I understand it probably would look better on the theaters. Uh, the sound, you know, obviously they did have a slight hum in the background for most of the movie until they didn't like, and that's little pluses that I didn't say on the plus side that you notice, but it's, you know, like I said, it's, we made it sound like a way better story than what it was. Like if we were making this movie, we would have changed it to the point where it would have been a better situation. And I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but Rich had this ability to make this movie sound way more amazing than it was. It's lackluster. There's, you know, it ends, fades to black with them, you know, uh, sitting in the, the shuttle and going back down to Earth. And they're both wearing, you, you know, the U.S. survivor suits because cosmonauts didn't have their own uh, astronaut suits. And, you know, we know who's up there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we heard. Oh, we'll help all Americans. Well, we'll, we'll fake you into an American. You know, I guess. I mean, I don't know what the whole point was. Like, why wouldn't he have his own suit? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, it's a two. <laughs> all right, Diesel. What is your nerd score and why? We've also landed at a two. Ooh, I've been warned. This movie's kind of got the moonfall effect, where there was a good premise inside this movie, but it just failed to deliver based off of bad writing for the story the acting was fine i did enjoy how it was shot i did enjoy the score so there was enough technical pluses where i couldn't land out on one with how bad i thought it was so it landed at a two because there was enough technical stuff that i enjoyed where i can't fault it for that so this to me and i'm going to say this it's going to sound weird especially when i get my score but i'll explain it out this to me is kind of like the worst kind of movie <laughs> in a lot of ways and the reason why is it's, it's and I, i'm not giving it a one so I, i'll say this i'm giving it a two so i can explain it better Ooh, I've been warned. but the reason why i say this is one of the worst kind of movies is because and i think a two is kind of the worst kind of movie it's because it's not bad enough for us to shit all over it and have fun but it's also not good enough for us to sing its praises enough to kind of bring you there you know you have i think that zone where you're in a solid two to a low end three is the roughest movie that we watch Honestly, yeah. and, and like, cause like in low end three, you're like, I don't regret seeing this movie, but it still doesn't give me enough to give you an entertaining review. In my opinion. I mean, I think we did our best. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed. And but that's part of the reason why it was sounding more exciting. Cause I'm trying to kind of go with it. But the thing of the matter is this movie is, is like you go in and it has this really brilliant first act. And I say brilliant because they, you know, it's a quick movie, but they come right in and they, they, they make you like the characters. You get to know the yeah. characters. There is some red herring stuff, which is fine if they would have paid off on it. Yeah. But there's some red herring stuff. But for the most part, you're like, okay, this is a family. These are friends. And when she hits the fan, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? And it just never pays off. The premise was great. And I, I'll agree with Diesel. The reason, and a two is because that first act of how they set up knowing the characters, the technical stuff, and that's it. 
That is the only reason it's a two instead of a one. Like, if they did a piss-poor job of showing us the characters in the beginning and the technical stuff was shoddier, not even bad, but shoddier, this movie doesn't get a two, it gets a one. But then again, it might have been more entertaining then because we could have shit all over it where it was hard to even kind of shit on this movie because the stuff, there's nothing even, you can't even be like, they should have done this over this because they just didn't do anything. That might actually be a downside, actually. If, let's let's say they filmed it like this. We're following Kira. We don't get the first act where we get to introduce everybody so well. That would actually lead to more suspense on who you could actually trust. That is true. They could have gone that route too. But I like the fact yeah. that they were going with, are you going to turn on your family? Yeah. Kind of like that was a cool route, but they never, family. They, they, yeah. But think about it. They never went, they never went full hog. If you know, you know, at yeah. some point in juncture, they needed to slap the, the, the fucking dick, that uncircumcised Russian cock right on the fucking <laughs> table and say, Hey, here, take this motherfucker. You know what I mean? And they didn't. Maybe Toretto, Dom Toretto flew up there, and he's the one who got Gordon back into the pod. I would have, I would have taken that. I would have taken that. I would have taken fucking a tie-in with Fast and Furious. Okay, show the, at the, the end. Space of the, show, show at the end. It's not really a war between the Americans and Russians. It's just Dante from from Fast X, Jason Momoa blowing did, shit up. Do you hear I'm that in. that story that it's going to go back to street racing? Oh Jesus Christ! That last one. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah, yeah, I know. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's fine, but I'm just throwing it out there. I just, I like I said, I think that that sometimes I think that that is like the worst zone than yeah. even being a one for some reason, but it still was better than a one. I'm going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Like, would I watch this movie over Silent Night? Absolutely. <laughs> a, it was shorter, and B, it wasn't as terrible. Yeah. Dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Silent Night made my head hurt. Yeah. This, at least, I was like, okay, the first act is good, and if I fall asleep during the rest of the movie, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Silent Night's going to wake you up with some gunfire <laughs> and the only fucking things that were decent, and then you realize, oh, it's still the shits because it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like, God, God damn. Like, listen, I've, I've always said it. My boss is my favorite gauge of movies. Uh, Shout-outs to Dylan. He is one of those people who will find something good in every movie. He went to see Silent Night. I said, how did you like it? He was like, it was the shit. <laughs> if he says something is shitty, then you know it's bad. Because he will find, even in a bad movie, be like, you know, it wasn't good, but I still was entertained. Yeah. And when he goes, whenever he goes, that was shitty. Yeah. I know that that was a bad movie. Because he didn't even see fucking fit to, you know. So I'm just saying, I, I, he didn't see ISS that I know of because he was in Vegas slash Long Beach last week. And the, so I don't think he got a time out to go see it. But if he does go see it, then I'll find out what he thought as well. But yeah, that's that's uh, going to be our scores for ISS. We want to hear from you guys, though. Do you guys agree with us if you've seen the movie? Do you disagree? Hit us up on the social medias. Hit us up on the email. Contact us. When you uh, To get all that information, it's simple. Just go to 3fnpodcast.com and uh, check all that out and send us a message. But before we get out of here, Ron, I believe you have some business to attend to. All right. This is a super long one, so I'm going to try to paraphrase most of it. Sorry. <laughs> one out of ten. Terminated film. Now, look. Now look for a back at a classic quotations. Okay. For, for the purpose of this review, it is 2017. Now, according to the Dungeons and Dragons meets the day the Udster stood still plotline, we humanity will create a genocidal race of machines in just 12 short years. In this sad scenario, a woman named Sarah Connor, who is in fact the mother of the leader of a man kind's resistance against these murderous machines is, is to be killed. A very confirm confronting thought knowing a girl who can't even get her tables ordered straight will be our salvation. During all the hula, two beings have been have arrived from the future. One is a Terminator, a machine from the future set back to the pre-internet era 
to kill Sarah Connor, and along the way, mangle half the phone books in town. The other arrival is an enlisted army officer named Kyle Reese. His job is effectively protect Sarah from the Terminators using a rock salt gun and several firecrackers. The Terminator begins killing Sarah Connors all over Los Angeles in phone book order. This is why your number should always be unlisted, folks. Haha. <laughs> Soon LAPD catches on and is out in force looking for Sarah Connor, who is next on the list. The information reaches her by television at a local three-star non-rated pizza joint. Immediately at the critical moment, she goes to pay the payphone to call the police station. It is out of order. Two bad cell phones weren't invented yet. The cops have very little time to sort things out before lug nuts show up for some drive through after mowing through the entire department. The chase resumes at the area of the film where Sarah and Kyle fall in love through even 2017 most diehard fans of this movie admit how that happened is over their heads, maybe getting pregnant by a guy you have known for 60 minutes while being hunted by a mobile version of Contra was hot for women back in the day. Who knows? But after the romance, the machines find them at their no-star motel, and it's back to business as usual. So you have read this and you're thinking of, okay, cheap budget effects in the 80s, the plot co-hosts with the acting not too shabby, with a pretty good cast for the day. But gives, but what gives, bro? Simple logic. The movie is not the movie it could be. In the DVD release of the film, there are deleted scenes. In one of these scenes, Sarah and Kyle are at some stopping point on their journey, and Sarah points out to Kyle that she was found the address of the computer company responsible for the creation of the system in the first place. Why not blow it up and skip the whole thing? Because then we could not have several sequels, another of which comments the same act only for us to receive more pointless sequels. One out of ten stars. The Terminator just sucks people. Diesel, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> I, I paraphrased a lot. Like, I skipped a lot. I just want to point out, it looks like Diesel's head hurts already. Because <laughs> of logic. All right. I understand being a troll and not liking something that's massively popular. But to watch it in the eyes of 2017 and be like, well, a cell phone would have been handy. It was in the fucking early 80s. How are you using modern technology to be like, oh, if they had a fucking cell phone. 1984 to be exact. And then, like... The little quirky little comments like, oh, wouldn't well, that be nice to leave your, have your number unlisted? <laughs> I, I had to read that part. Like, I, I had to add it. Like, there's, it wasn't long yeah. enough where I had to skip something. Hold up. I want to point this out about unlisted numbers. Uh, so for our younger listeners who don't understand <laughs> what a house phone was, okay, uh, landline, that was when we had phones in our houses. And there used to be this thing, and I know that they still exist kind of, it's called the phone book, which none of us use if it still exists unless you want to murder somebody and you're in the New York City area and it's gigantic. Here's the thing. It costs you money to be unlisted in the phone book. Yeah. So if you didn't want to spend the extra money, you weren't taking yourself out of the phone book. And the people who lived in smaller areas, because, like, believe it or not, like, we're from the Binghamton, New York area. It's not that big. Of, it's not a tiny area, but it's not that yeah. big of an area. There was no reason to not have your number in the phone book unless you didn't want somebody to find you for whatever reason. So a lot of people just have their numbers in the phone book. So Sarah Connor, whether she, she probably just didn't give a fuck. Maybe that's the way. You know what? Some people, that's the way they got dick back in the day. Okay? I'm just saying. Well, you know, 
maybe back in the 80s, women liked that contra-looking men who could deep dick. <laughs> this guy has little dick energy. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kyle Reese looked like he could give out a good dicking. <laughs> you know, hey, you never know. Maybe hey, in the future they're fucking hung hey, by gave, Tommy gave Lee. Gave birth to the resistance leader. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once again... Another dumbass fucking like situation where nobody mentions the obvious in the room. And like we've said before, I'm waiting for the, the person who finally goes, how does it make sense that Kyle Reese is the father of John Connor if John Connor sent him to the past and he wasn't in the past before? That is the real, like, one of the plot holes. It's the, it probably, it's, I don't, I don't want to say in the history of movies, but it's definitely one of the biggest ones in the history of movies. Am I wrong, Diesel? So, and nobody has touched on this. They touch on stupid shit like cell phones that didn't exist in 1984. So I actually like the paradox effect of it because it gives you something to be like, well, I, I enjoy that. Where right, I but think I'm there's saying, so much you can do with that. But, but if you're nobody complain, touches it. Yeah. But if you're going to complain, right? Wouldn't you complain about the one plot hole that you could drive a fucking semi through? Well, instead I, of, hey, they didn't have cell phones in 1984? If I'm watching a movie from 40 years ago, I am not, and I do, dislike it, I am not going to verbatim write down the script as I'm writing my review. <laughs> That's just, I'm not going to give the walkthrough in oh, I, it was stage direction. Yeah, like he's talking about how she goes to the bar and it's in the bar to make the phone call. At a three-star rated pizza joint. Like, By the way, back back in the day, you you people used to let you use their public phone sometimes. A bar would let you use the phone if you are buying a drink. Yeah. But here's a, this is what I'm going to throw out there lastly. Last week, we had the guy that was hung up on the room number. Remember that? Yeah. Like, he went to the wrong... She, the, 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 the phone book said it was 302, but the room he showed up to was like 225. I don't know if that was the exact, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dude, leave it a fuck alone. It just happens. It, 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 who cares? The fact that you looked for that means you were way more locked in than anybody should ever be. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Because it wasn't like it was fucking blatantly obvious. You know what I mean? Nobody thought it. But once again, nobody's going with the obvious fucking plot hole. Nobody. But we'll find out. Maybe maybe in the upcoming weeks somebody will. Because I'm just saying there is one plot hole that even a fan like me of the movie is like, I kind of give it up. And I, I agree with you, Derek. The paradox thing is great. <laughs> however, however, if you're going to complain about the movie, there is one piece of information in that movie that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah, why didn't they have cell phones back in 84? <laughs> yeah, but we're focused on cell phones. I mean, they did have bag phones and car phones back then. But once again, not everybody had them. No. And they weren't exactly like, like who's going to be... Cheap. And also, who's going to be running from a Terminator carrying that heavy-ass briefcase <laughs> phone in their hand? Because if you don't know, they I mean, were fucking pretty big. I mean, it was their own lethal weapon on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> but Got out of the car and made the phone call on the bridge. <laughs> and obviously, Sarah Connor wasn't in a good spot in her life. She's taken a strange dick working at a <laughs> shitty pizza place. She don't have money to fucking have her number listed. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you're thinking too much into this. I mean, hell, Zach Morris' phone wasn't even around at this no, point. Yeah. That was a few years later. Yeah. Damn. People. People. And they were expensive, too. Fuck yeah, they were expensive. That's why it was a Zach Morris phone. Because we could never achieve that dream. Like Gordon Gecko phone. <laughs> that's too. That's too. We could never achieve that dream. All right, Preppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, that's going to do it for this episode of the 3FM Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed our review of ISS. We will be back next week reviewing for, I do believe it's 40th or 20th anniversary. I said 40th because I was thinking about Terminator again. Damn it. But for his 20th anniversary, because damn, I feel old. Nine, uh, 2004's The Butterfly Effect Ashton Kutcher Amy Smart amongst others Ethan Supley 
at his thumpiest best. <laughs> he is, plays a character named Thumper, for those of you who don't know. So go ahead and watch that if you want to be on point with us, because that's what we'll be reviewing next week for the 3FN Movie Club Review. But until then, uh, for myself and the guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Ground control to Major Minnow. <laughs> the Terminator just sucks people. <laughs> That's all, folks.